the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? Another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast is on AM 970. The answer, we've got some craft beer guests. There are actually one guest that will be joining me this hour in the usual news and notes to get to. And, and then a little editorial uh, a little bit later on in our next segment. Uh, but uh, first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, and via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And, of course, if you do a search on uh, Google Play or iTunes, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. It's very simple. You can download every single show and listen at your leisure. And, and a lot of people like to do that, so uh, kind of cool. Just one guest tonight on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer at the bottom of the hour, Chris Fernari from Brewbound. He'll be on. Lots of news to get to. And I wanted to get into it a little bit with Chris about the news that broke late last week about a longtime brewery that ceased operations uh, out in San Francisco. I'm going to mention it here in the uh, initial news and notes, but we'll get into it a little bit more with Chris uh, coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. And uh, and then some other stuff, too. Hopefully, as uh, as things go on, you know, we had... Um, some, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say, I, I shouldn't take this lightly, but uh, for those of you who live on the East Coast, we had some severe weather earlier in the week. Um, they were predicting a lot of snow for the New York City area. Apparently that didn't happen. It was a lot of snow, uh, some snow and some sleep mixing with uh, freezing rain. But a lot of people uh, up north and west of New York City and into uh, New York State, into the uh, you know into the Binghamton area, Albany, uh, those areas got a lot of snow. Connecticut got a lot of snow. Boston, so uh, a lot of bad weather wreaked havoc with the East Coast early on uh, this past week. So uh, it's been a tough go for a lot of people. But hopefully, you're kicking it back now. Spring is uh, right around the corner or just about to start in another week or so and uh, get things uh, rocking and rolling. But let's get to some news and notes real quick. Interesting story from uh, InBev and Budweiser, and we'll get to that in a second because this one, if they pull this one off, I'd be very surprised. But as I mentioned, uh, longtime brewery out in San Francisco. They've been uh, together for almost 20 years. Speakeasy Ales and Lagers w- was forced to immediately cease brewing, packaging, and taproom operations at their San Francisco brewery. Apparently, they had problems securing capital investment, outstanding debt obligations, uh, and their uh, founder and CEO, Forrest Gray, This is the statement from him. He says, the brewery has worked out with multiple investment banking groups and have had numerous meetings. One fact has become central to the process, and that is the company is financially insolvent and requires new capital to move forward. Whether that will happen is unclear, but I do hope that the brewery and brand will persist. And, uh, you know, this is a shame. Their Big Daddy IPA, one of their big sellers internationally as well, they did a really great job. And this is... Uh, unfortunately, this is this is a shame for a brewery that had been together for 20 years, but I think it speaks to a bigger problem in the craft beer business. And what I mean by a bigger problem is not the smaller companies that are trying to get off the ground, uh, you know, like the local breweries in the area, like the Carton Breweries, the Boleros, the Canes, uh, the, um, the, the the Magnifies, the, 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 the Cypress Brewings, those people that are trying to get off the ground, they're going to have a tough go. But most of those people, <clears throat> in fact, I would say... 
98% of those people are being fiscally responsible in what they do. They, uh, a lot of these guys are, you know, all hands on deck. They have multiple jobs. They do, you know, four or five different things uh, to get their thing to get their beer out there to people. And they're not expanding as quickly as some other places are. Now, Speakeasy again, open for twenty years, but I think this is where we're seeing the problem. And we'll get into it with Chris Fernari from Brewbound uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. But I think this is a problem that we're seeing in craft beer is that we're seeing these these mid level companies expand that are not being acquired by big beer. And I'm not suggesting that they be acquired. By big beer. But I think you're seeing with Speakeasy going out of business, basically. You're seeing with Stone, who had to lay off employees, and they say, well, we're not going to lay off anybody else. I would be a little suspect in terms of promising that at this point here. Uh, not that I think that there's going to be a downturn in the economy, but I think it's, it, you know, you should hedge your bet a little bit and not mention that. But I think we're seeing this now with these mid level companies that they're expanding a little too quickly, and the possibility exists that they may have to cease operations. If they cannot meet, you know, supply with demand, maybe they've overextended themselves. It seems here with Speakeasy, they've leveraged their debt uh, way beyond what they, can, uh, what they can pay back, and the banks are now calling the marker, and they want their money back. I- I'm not suggesting that people sell out to big beer. Not at all. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is craft beer is a, is a small business and it's meant to be a small business uh, for most of you. Most of the people that are in the craft beer business are trying to make a buck and sustain a living. But the end goal is not to be, hey, we're doing this because if we do this and within 18 months, we're going to be a millionaire. If you're doing it for that reason, if the reason why you want to get into craft beer is for that reason, then you better get out now because that's not the reason to do this. OK, bottom line. But, you know, do I fault the Blue Points and the Elysians for selling to InBev? No. They had a goal in mind. They had built up their business to a certain point. And in the terms of Blue Point, I don't know what was Elysian's blue, you know, uh, a blueprint was for them moving on to, to selling to InBev. But for Blue Point's perspective, because I spoke with one of the co-founders of the company, you know, on the first show of the Craft Beer Cast, Mark Burford, he told me specifically, we needed to have, be in a position where we could have working capital that we could build a bigger facility, InBev allowed them to do that. If if he had leveraged himself and taken loans out from banks, and let's say there was a downturn in Long Island. Let's say they got hit with a couple of storms. Let's just say the business just went, you know, went right down the tubes. Then what? He's got to lay employees off. People are out of jobs. It's a bad thing for business. With InBev, he had, you know, a little bit of a cushion, money that he could use to build his business, to make it bigger, and now they're building a new facility that's going to be open next year on Long Island that's going to have food, it's going to have all of their business in-house instead of an indoor-outdoor operation. You know, I've spoken about this ad nauseum, and to my point, there are certain businesses, you get to that point, somebody comes in, they make an offer, it's too good to refuse, you jump on it, and, and let the chips fall where they may. To me, their beer is still the same. Blue Point's beer has not changed its recipe. Their toasted lager is still the same. Their blueberry ale is still the same. They're still putting out great beers. You may disagree with that, and that's fine. We can always agree to disagree because that's the great thing about craft beer is that no two palates are the same. What I like, you may not like, and and there you go. So, uh, you know, with Speakeasy, it's a shame. We'll get into it with Chris Fernari and Brewbound. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll get into it a little bit more. Stony Creek partnering with four main wholesalers, uh, as well as New Hampshire and in Vermont as well, as they are expanding uh, their product beyond its home state of Connecticut, as well as Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Um, all three markets they are going to receive draft only. Uh, Ripe and Cranky, a collaboration with New Haven's Ripe Craft Bar Juice, uh, features their brewery's flagship Cranky IPA blended with fresh, pressed juice and new hop varieties. Uh, they're also going to have... Uh, 
uh, four packs of Big Cranky Double IPA and six packs of Stony Joe Golden Mocha Stout, a Blackwater Pills, a Sun Juice Summer Ale Seasonal, uh, a Mexicali Lager, uh, lots of great stuff. Jamal Robinson, who used to work for Blue Point, now working for Stony Creek, uh, is getting it out there. New Hampshire Chain Store is going to get 12 packs of their beer. They've uh, expanded their distribution cover. Not only expanding their distribution coverage, but Stony Creek is adding 14 new ferma- uh, fer- uh, fermentation tanks um, that they added last year. So they're going to be pushing the brewery's maximum capacity to 36,000 barrels. Last year, uh, in 2015, a uh, brewery produced um, only 16,000 barrels. So we're going to see uh, lots of good stuff from Stony Creek. They are ex- expecting to expand their distribution into Long Island, Westchester County, um, and possibly New York City at some point. But uh, we'll see what happens there. So good stuff from the folks uh, over at Stony Creek and uh, the director of sales, Jamal Robinson. Got to give Jamal a call and see if uh, get some samples of uh, some Stony Creek beer. And finally... In our final news and notes segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So Budweiser apparently has announced a plan to create a microgravity beer on Mars. Now, folks, we're, we haven't settled on Mars. We haven't even gotten to Mars. Human being hasn't even hit Mars yet. And yet Budweiser is saying they're going to create a beer in microgravity on Mars that people are going to be able to drink. Apparently, they made this statement at the South by Southwest Interactive Festival uh, that's held every year in March uh, down in Austin, and uh, they had a, a, a panel moderated by uh, the Martian star Kate Mara and uh, all these different things about how they are going to uh, celebrate. Budweiser is going to celebrate its entrepreneurial spirit in which our iconic brand was founded upon. This from uh, Ricardo Marquez, vice president of Budweiser. Uh, through our relentless focus on quality and innovation, Budweiser can today be enjoyed in every corner of the world, but we believe it's time for the king of beers to set its sights on its next destination. When the dream of colonizing Mars becomes a reality, Budweiser will be there to toast the next great step for mankind. So apparently, uh, once somebody gets on Mars, or there's enough of a colony on Mars, Budweiser says they are going to make a microgravity beer on the red planet. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I find that amazing. I find it a little hard to believe. Uh, I wonder if if they could pull it off. They probably can. Um, they certainly have the money for it. I wonder if they will uh, partner up. Because let's face it, folks, if you're going to colonize another planet or make an attempt to colonize another planet, it's going to have to be privately funded. Uh, we're seeing that with SpaceX right now. I don't want to get into a science uh, you know, chat here about NASA and, and space. It's one of my hobbies. It's one of my passions. Uh, but... Um, if you're going to colonize another planet, you're going to have to do it privately. Maybe InBev's got enough money that they can uh, sink some of that money into, uh, you know, uh, helping uh, to colonize Mars and, of course, uh, make some microgravity beer. Would I drink it if I was on Mars? Eh, why not? For a one-off, why not? I, I think it's ambitious. I don't think it's going to happen in our uh, – well, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say it's not going to happen in our lifetimes. Could it happen in the next 20 years? Absolutely. Technology is expanding uh, by leaps and bounds. So, yes, could it happen? Possibly. Will I see it to be on Mars and drink it? Probably not. When we come back after a short break, something that's bothered me for a little bit in terms of lists and clickbait that everyone is trying to get you to read or watch or whatever. Are you confused? I hope not. I'll make it clear to you in a moment. Folks, we're just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. For life's sakes and pains, choose Blue Emu Continuous Pain Relief Spray. It works fast, and it's easy to use. Designed to work odor-free in all those remote areas. It works here. It's odor-free here. It works here. 
Blue Emu Continuous Pain Relief Spray. Fast-acting, easy-to-use, odor-free pain relief for all those remote areas. Available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and other fine retailers. Be sure to tune in every Sunday night as Labor Press, New York's leading source for daily labor news and industry information, brings you their Blue Collar Buzz radio show. The hosts, Neil Tapel and Bill Holfeld, will discuss issues in the workplace and talk with some of the most prominent and influential personalities in the labor community. It's Labor Press, Sunday nights at 9, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. In this economy, wouldn't it be nice to consolidate your home equity with your first mortgage? In other words, come out better on the other side. And if you don't know how to do that, I've got some friends that can. Hi, Calvin McCullough. I want you to know about Mike and Brian at Intercontinental Capital Group. Uh, if you call them at 800-319-8919, they're going to help explain how going through that consolidation, coupled with the rise in interest rates, are going to protect you for the long term when it comes to your house. In addition, with home values rising, Mike and Brian want me to let you know that you can eliminate your private mortgage insurance, and they're there to help and walk you through the process. It's 800-319-8919. That's their special number to give them a special call and to be treated as a special customer just because as you know, Kevin McCullough today. That's 800-319-8919. 800-319-8919. Mike and Brian, the only names I trust when it comes to mortgages. 800-319-8919. Intercontinental Capital Group, licensed mortgage banker, equal housing lender, NMLS, number Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, nothing like a little Judas Priest. Come on, you can't beat it. These guys are still cranking it out in their 60s, and uh, they're going to have another album later this year, and uh, we're going to see them on tour again. I cannot wait. I am so energized. Judas Priest, one of my all-time favorite heavy metal bands, and if you have not had a chance to see them in concert, you got to go when they come around again. They are awesome. But uh, a little something different we're going to do here in this segment. Normally we have uh, two guests uh, on the program, uh, but um, something that has been gnawing at me for a little bit and um, actually took life on uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook. I can't, you know, I'm not going to take credit for this. It happened, uh, you know, with the uh, folks from uh, the New Jersey Craft Beer uh, members only group. Uh, if you're not a member of New Jersey Craft Beer, uh, you, you should be. It's a great uh, membership. Costs twenty five bucks um, for you know for the year, and you save on almost six hundred places uh, in the state of New Jersey, as well as New York. Uh, there's a couple places in New York as well. Um, the New Jersey uh, Craft Beer Membership Club is awesome. Uh, you really have to check them out. Uh, NewJerseyCraftBeer.com. Twenty five bucks. You save everywhere. You save off pints of, you know, a dollar off a pint of beer in some places, maybe 10% off of your bill. Uh, you can go to liquor stores and buy beers, uh, you know, and get and get discounts, growlers, all kinds of different things. Check it out. 
Uh, Mike, who runs the site, does a fantastic job. And uh, really, it is worth you 25 bucks to make your money back in a heartbeat. I don't get paid uh, to do that. I don't get a free membership or anything like that. I promote the group because I think they do a phenomenal job um, in promoting craft beer and local craft beer uh, in the state of New Jersey. But something different I wanted to do here uh, in this segment that has been bothering me, and it started, again, as I said, on, on social media. So um, NJ.com, uh, the uh, website of the Star Ledger, and uh, a number of different uh, newspapers uh, around the tri-state area, as tri-state area, the Staten Island Advance is uh, linked to, to NJ.com because they're owned by the same entity. Um, they put out features on different things, food, beverage, um, all different types of stuff, you know, in the state of New Jersey. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a calendar of uh, events that are happening uh, in and around the state of New Jersey. And other times, their, uh, their editor, who does their food and beverage, uh, Pete Genovese, uh, comes up with, you know, different things. And, and, and essentially, they're lists. So everybody has their own favorite beer, favorite place they want to eat, et cetera, et cetera. So what Pete tries to do, and Pete, if you're listening, I'm, you know, obviously I'm going to tweet this out, uh, you know, to you. And Pete, if you listen to the segment, uh, would love your feedback, uh, as well as feedback from anybody else. Again, you, you know, Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, uh, via email, albertg at nycradio.com. All those different places. So what ends up happening is Pete puts out these lists. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he put out a list of uh, the best bars in every county in the state of New Jersey. A lot of people had problems with it. A lot of people. In fighting back and forth on the comments section, on social media, all over the place. This, how, come, how come this place wasn't mentioned? How come that place wasn't mentioned? And at the end of the day, my opinion, again, strictly my opinion, they're lists. They're subjective what somebody likes, you may dislike. And that's fine. That's how you have discussion. You have dialogue. That's how you get things together. You try and come to a common ground. One of the places that was on the list happens to be a place that I love, that I love going to, the Sterling Hotel. Fantastic place um, in Morris County. Is it Morris County? I'm pretty sure. I'm, you know what? To correct, correct me. I'm not 100% sure of the county because it's Somerset Union and then Morris County, I think, kind of slides in there or whatever. Anyway. Sterling Hotel, great place. Uh, they have always awesome beers on tap. The food is fantastic. Tavern Burger is one of the best hamburgers I've ever eaten. If you ever get a chance to go there, check it out. It's great. Okay, so they're on the list. I'm happy about that. Most of the stuff that was on that list are places I've never been to. So I can't sit there and go, oh, this place sucks. That place is great. This place sucks. It's all subjective. At the end of the day, frequent the places that you like. Tip your bartenders and waitresses well. And let the owner know or the chef know, hey, you're doing a great job. Thanks for being here. You know, thanks for being a part of the community. That's how you support those places. Forget about these lists that people put online. Who cares? Yeah, it's clickbait. I get that. That's part of the reason why they want you to click on it. They want you to click on it, obviously to read the article, but also to be pissed off enough about it that you're going to comment on it so they keep getting comments, comments, comments. That's how they get paid. That's the clickbait. If you click on the article, okay, you registered as a person who's read the article. But if now you're, if you're commenting in this, well, the writer or the editor goes back and says, look, look at how many people are, are, are clicking on my article. Look at how many people are reading it. There are this many eyeballs. Now, they might not, there might not be that many eyeballs. They might, somebody might click on and click off. You don't know. Again, it's subjective. I get it. I, I read some of them. Some of them I don't read. I, you know, I, do I get informed by some of these things? Yeah, maybe there's a place I want to check out. Okay, great. But at the end of the day... It's clickbait. That's how they make their money. So now Pete is doing this thing. He put it out last week where 
they want to know the, uh, this, his, his search for New Jersey's best craft brewery. So he's asking people to vote on your best craft brewery. You know, send in your nominations, blah, 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 and then they're going to, you know, whittle it down to a certain list and whatever, and, you know, and then you're going to get to vote. Okay, well, there's going to be a list. It's kind of a March Madness. All right, again, that list might not have the brewery that you like. Let's say, for instance, you're a huge fan of Bolero Snort Brewing. You love the guy. Scott and Bob, they do a tremendous job. But maybe their name isn't on the list. Now you're like, well, you know what? That list is, uh, I'm done. I'm not going to vote. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. Now, do you really think that most of those breweries really care to be on that list? You think that they're going to prominently display that in their brewery? Do you think that somebody like Augie Carton, uh, who runs Carton Brewery, is going to put that up on his wall and go, hey, look, the folks from NJ.com have voted. We're the best brewery. In the, in the state of New Jersey. He's not going to do that. You know why? He already knows that he's a good brewery. He already knows that he puts out good beer. You want to know why? Because when he puts out a release, boy, I'll tell you, within 48 hours, most of the time, his stuff sells out. He doesn't need that. Place like Kane. Michael Kane doesn't need those accolades. He doesn't care. He puts out good beer. Because you know what the bottom line is? The bottom line is, if the beer is good, people are going to come, and they're going to buy it, and they're going to drink it. And they're going to tell one friend, they're going to tell two friends, and they'll tell two more, and so on, and so on, and so on. That's the bottom line. It's about sales. These guys are in it to make money. Sure, some are in it that they want to make a ridiculous amount of profit that they want to sell it to, to, you know, to big beer. But most of the guys who are making craft beer in the state of New Jersey, I'm not going to speak for others, but most of the people that are in it in the state of New Jersey, they're there for a number of reasons, because they love to make beer and because they want to make money. That's why they're doing it. And most of these guys are doing it on a part-time basis. They have full-time jobs. It's a labor of love for them. And, yes, they want to turn a profit. And I applaud them for that. That's great. That's the, you know, that's what small business is about. Which, unfortunately, and I don't want to turn this into a political discussion. I think that is what in New Jersey, what the politicians are forgetting, both sides, Democrats and Republicans, that are running in this race for governor. They're forgetting about the small businesses in the state, and it's why small business is leaving the state of New Jersey at a rapid pace. Okay. You got to keep small business around. How do you do that? You go and support them. You go out there and you buy their beer. And if you don't like their beer, most of the time you can speak to the brewer directly. Hey, you know what? I'm not crazy about this beer, and here's why. Don't just say, "I don't like it because it sucks." Give a reason. Here's why. I don't like the taste of this. I'm not sure of that. That's you know constructive dialogue. It's something that is sorely missing in the in the political landscape of this country. And again, I don't want to get off on a political rant. Uh, nobody cares about my political beliefs one way or the other. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. We're talking about beer. But, you know, I, 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 I applaud, you know, Mike from the New Jersey Craft, uh, Craft Beer uh, Club and, you know, and, and guys like, uh, you know, Bob and, uh, you know, um, and Scott Wells from uh, Bolero Snort and, and others who just, you know, they're tired of these list things. Lists are subjective, people. What I may like, you may not like. And that's okay. It's all right to to have a differing of opinion. But if you're going to base solely, you know, what you buy based on a list that an editor at a paper puts out in Pete Genovese, you're ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Who cares? Drink what you want to drink and eat what you want to eat. At the end of the day, if you're supporting that small business owner, maybe their name didn't get on the list or their restaurant didn't get on the list or their beer didn't get on the list, you're supporting them, you're helping them. You're helping them maybe to, you know, to pay one of their employees, to, to feed their, uh, you know, their kids, to pay their mortgage. That is the lifeblood of small business, and that's what needs to be done more. Sure, listen, 
I, you know, I rail about that all the time, and then I tell you, well, I'm having a Blue Point beer, and they're big beer, and this and that, whatever. I get it. I get it. You like certain things. You don't like certain things. Some people just have an affinity for anything that gets sell, uh, sold to corporate. They don't want to drink anymore. I mean, listen, uh, you know, our own Frank Morano, who produces uh, the Joe Piscopo show and has his own show on Sunday mornings uh, here on this radio station on AM 970, The Answer, won't frequent chain restaurants because he has a, you know, it's his belief. He doesn't want to frequent chain restaurants and give them the business. He'd rather support small business. I applaud that. That's a good thing. You know, you should, small business is the lifeblood of America. And that's what it boils down to. You don't want to click on the list. You don't want to do the, the, the clickbait and this and that. Fine. But we're all subject to clickbait. Listen, I put out links because I want people to click on it so they listen to the show. It's a part of it. But do I get paid per click? No, of course not. But somebody like Pete Genovese, yes, he gets paid per click. So if you don't care what he has to say and you don't want to vote on his list, don't click on his link and don't read his stuff. It's okay that you don't read his stuff. He doesn't. I mean, he obviously cares because he gets paid. But do you, again, do you really think that the brewers in New Jersey really care if they win some award as the best craft brewery in New Jersey? No. The bottom line is they care if you go out and support their product and buy their beer. And that, my friends, is the bottom line. Okay? And there you go. When we come back, Chris Frenari from Brewbound will join me. He will uh, we'll go through some news and notes with him. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, in the beer world, and Chris will uh, break it down for us uh, right after this short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. This is Ed Rollins. President Donald Trump has nominated Neil Gorsuch for the Supreme Court, and we need millions of Americans to pick up the phone right now to deliver your voice directly to your senator. This is the most critical moment in modern history that will define the future of our country. Radical liberals like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have vowed to block President Trump's nomination by all means possible. We need millions of Americans to call 800-939-5885 to send your voice directly to your senator to demand the immediate confirmation of Judge Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. This could be the most important phone call you will ever make for the future of our country. Please call 800-939-5885 and put the pressure on the U.S. Senate to confirm President Trump's nominee. Again, call 800-939-5885. Please help pressure the Senate to confirm Neil Gorsuch and help Donald Trump make America great again. Call now. Paid for by Great America PAC, which is responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. GreatAmericaPAC.com. Dennis Prager here. I think you know my passion for living a healthy lifestyle, which includes clean eating. While Super Beets is one of the most impressive functional foods I have seen. Why? Blood flow, blood flow, blood flow. Beets are loaded with dietary nitrates, which convert to nitric oxide in the body. Nitric oxide helps support healthy circulation and healthy blood pressure levels. Super Beets is the most convenient way to get these dietary nitrates to specifically help support healthy blood flow and circulation. I take Super Beets because I actually believe in the product, try it out. You'll see what I mean. Call 800-803-8851 or go to PragerBeats.com. PragerBeats.com. Get a 30-day supply for free. It comes with your first order and is backed by a money-back guarantee. you also get a free book, Beat the Odds, and free shipping on your entire order. You will love the results you feel with your first free canister, guaranteed, or your money back. 800-803-8851. 800-803-8851 or PragerBeats.com. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T T U L L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, and of course, 
via email at albertgnnycradio.com. And don't forget, iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to all of the podcasts uh, on there. You can download them right onto your iPod or your MP3 player and take them wherever you want to go. My next guest on the cast, he's an editor at Brewbound. It's a website that's an enormous craft beer industry resource. We've had him on many times before. Brewbound.com is the website for more information. And let me welcome back Chris Fernari to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Chris, welcome back. Al, thanks for having me back. It's been a couple months, but... uh... Happy to be chatting with you again. You got it. Now, let's start off with the news that broke last week about Speakeasy out in San Francisco. After 20 years, they are out of business. And it sounds to me like a mid-sized brewer that had just leveraged too much debt and the bank called in the marker. What happened here? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much summed it up uh, quite well there. Um, you know, I think, you know, from some sources that we had spoke to, uh, it sounded like, you know, they were really running into some financial issues. Uh, you know, probably midway or through the back half of last year. Um, and they had run a process to, you know, try to get some, in, some new investment um, or to even sell the company. And, um, you know, I, th- I think even despite the fact that they have, you know, some pretty clean packaging and you know, the beers that I've sampled in the past have always been uh, pretty decent, mm-hmm. um, I guess there just wasn't enough interest in the brand um, from an investment point of view. So, uh, yeah, they uh, unfortunately had to announce that they were ceasing operations. Um, And I think, you know, uh, a lot of companies are probably running into this sort of thing. And that's something I want to get into in a minute. But what do you think is going to happen uh, to Speakeasy here at this point? Does another brewer come in, buy out the debt and the assets? Does it just completely go away? Obviously, the brewer would hope that he could go somewhere else and, you know, and make his beers. But what do you think is going to happen? What's the end result here, you think, for Speakeasy at this point? Well, it's tough to say. Um, I think that, you know, worst case scenario here is, is probably that they just sell off uh, all the assets and, and the bank, um, you know, buys that stuff and, uh, you know, brewing equipment and whatnot. And, and hopefully the employees, I think they had 40 or so employees, hopefully they're able to find uh, new work opportunities in, in the brewing space, either in the Bay Area or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know about the you know, the, the IP or the, the speakeasy name itself, if, right. you know, some company like a Pabst or a Craft Brew Alliance or something else, you know, that has a lot of different brands, if they would be interested in it. Um, but there's always, you know, the potential that uh, Forrest, the owner, Forrest Gray, um, you know, might look to sell uh, off the IP as well. We're talking with Chris Fernari, an editor at Brewbound. Brewbound.com is the website for more information. You go there, great industry resource, news, job openings, you know, et cetera, et cetera, here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And Chris, we've discussed this before in terms of a craft beer bubble. I've talked to a number of people about it, uh, you know, over the, over the uh, past few months. But do you think that this is the start of a trend with mid-sized brewers that haven't been acquired by big beer? Um, I don't know if I'd call it a trend. Uh, but I would say that you'll probably, you know, we'll probably see a, a couple more of these types of announcements um, in the not-so-distant future. I don't know, you know, I don't want to <laughs> predict anything or, or pull out my crystal ball or anything, but, you know, if you look probably down the road at the next 12 to 18 months, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have, you know, some decent-sized companies that, uh, you know, are forced to make similar moves. Um, there was a period of time there over the last couple of years where, you know, everyone was chasing, uh, you know, this, uh, this idea of if you build it, they will come. Mm. And uh, when things started to slow down, um, you know, I think a lot of companies ran into some, some issues. And, 
you know, clearly in, in the case of Speakeasy, you had a company that went from, you know, 15,000 barrels of capacity uh, to about 90,000 barrels and spent, you know, close to $8 million to do it. Um, and so if there are, you know, similar sized companies trying to make that leap and, you know, they're not able to execute, you know, after, the, after they, the, they make the expansion, um, you know, they could have a, a similar problem. So, you know, we've seen a lot of these uh, smaller guys, you know, 500 to 2,000 barrels or so, um, you know, really struggling in the last few months. And I think that we're going to start to see more, uh, you know, larger 15, 20, 30,000 barrel companies run into the same issues just at a, you know, a much larger scale, obviously. Yeah, and $8 million, I mean, is certainly a significant amount of money. And if you're putting all of that on the line to increase your production, to try and get the name out there, and obviously they were in, you know, uh, international markets as well. So obviously they, they had a lot of hope for different things here at Speakeasy. And it's, you know, it's a shame that that happens. And, you know, I say this all the time. If, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get into this business, you enjoy making beer, you've partnered up with somebody who makes great beer, and you're looking to get into this business to make a quick buck, this is not the business to be in. This is more, you know, for, for most people people. I shouldn't say for everybody, but for most people, it's a labor of love. You're trying to make a, you know, eke out a little bit of a living here, but you know, it's few and far between where you're going to hit the jackpot or hit the lotto. It's almost like the housing market, you know, grab the house, flip the house, you know, and, and, and make money. Well, we saw what happened with that, with the, with the housing crisis. So it's just, it's wild. We're talking with Chris Renari, an editor at Brewbound. Brewbound.com is the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Some other news, Chris. Founders just announced an expansion into a new market on the eastern seaboard. Where are they heading to? Uh, well, their most recent one is uh, Delaware. It looks like they're entering that market in early May. Um, and, you know, I think what this latest announcement tells me is that they're really sort of pushing to be a uh, nationally distributed brand uh, in all 50 states here shortly. I think uh, they'll be in 46 states once they enter Delaware. So, um, yeah, just a, a couple more states to go. Um, sorry, that Delaware will be their 44th state. Wow. So six more states to go. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty clear at this point they've entered – uh, let's see, Alabama, Idaho, Kansas, Oregon, Washington, um, and they're entering Montana in April. So, um, and that's just this year. So, uh, yeah, I would suspect that there are a few more on the way. Um, they haven't shared anything with us, obviously, but, um, you know, it, it seems to, you know, their moves lately seem to suggest that uh, they're going national. Um, and obviously they have, you know, a, a financial partner themselves in, right. in Mal San Miguel. So, uh, yeah, at this point, they're a brand that needs to be national. Absolutely, and they're still, I mean, they're cranking out great beer. The KBS is always, uh, you know, spot on, and uh, they're doing such a fantastic job. Now, Chris, the Brewers Association released the top U.S. brewing companies in 2016 uh, a couple days ago. Yingling was number one. Any surprises on the list there? Um, not not too many surprises. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you saw a, a little bit of a shift uh, upward for a lot of brands, you know, um, a couple companies moving up one or two spots on the list, uh, you know, names like uh, Dogfish Head or Sweetwater. Um, and, and really what this is a result of is, you know, the way that the, the Brewers Association is actually just kind of classifying or categorizing some of these companies. So, you know, we've talked before about the consolidation in the space. You have 
companies like Southern Tier and Victory tying up under Artisanal Brewing Ventures or Oscar Blues Holding Company, which you know now consists of Oscar Blues itself, Cigar City, Parent Brewing, Utah Brewers Cooperative. So you know a lot of those names were sort of parsed out separately in previous lists. Right. And and now they're just consolidated, and so that freed up, you know, basically a, a couple of spots. Um, so it allowed some companies to move up the list um, in terms of rankings. Though I suspect that, uh, you know, when the actual numbers come out, we're going to see that, you know, probably, I don't know, 20 to 30 of these companies in the top 50 um, were either flat or down last year. Mm. So, you know, you sort of ask yourself, well, how can a you know, company have a down year and move up the list? Um, well, that's how, you know, because they consolidated some of these names. Um, you know, you have a Lagunitas uh, or a Ballast Point that, you know, p- part of their production was counted in last year's list. And now, you know, because they've sold their companies, they're not on the list anymore. So, um, you know, there were some spots up for grabs because of that. And, and you know, what really I think, you know, you were talking about Oscar Blues, and I think what really helped uh, the breweries that are kind of in, in their um, uh, or under their umbrella now what really helped them, I think, was was Cigar City, and I think Cigar City benefited from Oscar Blues uh, coming on board because Cigar City makes some some great beers, but it also seemed to me like that was a brewery that was kind of you know on the fence there, where there might have been you know some over leveraging uh, you know of debt and having Oscar Blues come in and kind of tighten that up a little bit and give them I don't want to say responsibility, but at least you know uh, keep everything in order there. Uh, I think really helped Cigar City. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that was the case as much. I mean, Joey's been um, Joey Redner, the the founder and and CEO there, or founder, I should say. Um, you know, he's been pretty outspoken that he he's very debt averse. Um, so they kind of took this approach where they didn't want to, you know, embark on these massive capex projects, and so instead they, you know, outsourced some of their production to an entity like Brewhub. Um, and, and I think really for them it was more about you know partnering up with somebody like an Oscar Blues that, yes, could provide, you know, some of that financial backing that they might eventually need to go out and, um, you know, embark on these projects or, you know, build their marketing campaigns or whatever. Um, but I, I think really, like, you know, that, that company was pretty solid. They could have kept kind of going forward with slow and steady growth. Right. Um, so I, I don't think it was a debt issue for them, um, but uh, you but they know, definitely really, want to expand. But they definitely want to expand because they're coming into New Jersey. They're yep. looking to break into other markets, so they definitely want to move up the ladder. Yeah, I think at this point, it's you know they they want to expand in a in a sort of regional way for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's like you know a light switch where they're going to be a national brand all of a sudden. Um, but uh, yeah, they do they do want to expand, and they do need some capacity. Obviously, they're pretty much maxed out down there in their uh, Florida facility. But they have that now. With you know, they have some flexibility with all of Oscar Blues brewing capacity, and you know, three different breweries, and they're still working with Brew Hub. So they have a lot more flexibility as a result of that deal. Um, so that made a lot of sense for them. Um, but yeah, I, I think if if you really want to think about it, you know, long term, Joey, I guess, kind of had this vision that things were going to slow down and tighten up. And he was right. Um, You know, he made a very smart decision working with a company like Oscar Blues, um, you know, to to 
make sure that he was going to remain intact, that his company was going to remain intact and be you know, strong into the future. Um, imagine if he had gone out and borrowed $10 million right. or something and you know, tried to build a brewery and then everybody hit the brake. It would have been just like Speakeasy. My guest has been Chris Finari, an editor at Brewbound. Brewbound.com is the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Got to have you back very soon. Yeah, thank you. You got it. When we come back, a different kind of suds and duds. I'm going to discuss all about the Devil's Backbone beer pairing and dinner at the Morris Tap and Grill in Randolph, New Jersey, that I took part in this past week, all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, guys, with your winter fat increasing, are you interested in staying trim through the season? Or want to feel less tired with the shorter days? If so, ProGene is conducting a national study in the impact of testosterone and will pay you to participate. Go to ProGene33.com to see if you qualify. Here, you can find out your testosterone levels for free while getting paid to do something about it. ProGene, a doctor-recommended natural testosterone solution found nationwide at GNC and Rite Aid, is sponsoring this research and will pay you to be in the largest survey of men's levels in the country. It's an easy program you can do from home or on the go. The clinical-grade tests are painless and confidential, and everything is shipped to you for free. So if you want to make a difference in your life and would like to find out your levels for free, then go to ProGene33.com now. That's the word pro, G-E-N-E, 33.com. ProGene33.com. Enroll today before this study's closed at ProGene33.com. Segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, and of course, via email at AlbertGNNYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we're on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to every single show. So, a little different suds and duds for this week's program. And and it has to do with a beer dinner uh, that I attended uh, a couple of days ago that, I, that the uh, good folks from Devil's Backbone, as well as the Morris Tap and Grill, uh, were gracious enough to invite me to as a member of the media. So, uh, you know, I got a, uh, basically I got a free meal and beer out of it, which was very nice. But um, not only that, the, the meal was tremendous. And uh, the, the, the beer was unbelievable as well as this new brewery has made its way into New Jersey. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But first, uh, a little announcement to make. And um, the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast is going back on the road again. That's right. It's been a while. Uh, my goodness, I think the last uh, Algatulo Craft Beer Cast that we did on the road was probably sometime late in the summer uh, of last year. And, of course, because of my health issues, um, we had to curtail, uh, you know, some of those events, obviously, uh, you know, with my uh, my chemotherapy for my uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which, by the way, um, next Thursday will be my final chemo treatment, uh, and hopefully everything will go well, and uh, I will be off the chemo. Uh, I will have to start some radiation in May, but uh, uh, that's going to be, um, you know, very minimal. Uh, it'll be five days a week, five minutes a day in the chair, you know, we'll hit the uh, the final spots of whatever uh, cancer is left in my body. But uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is near, and uh, we're not talking about the light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, well, let's not get into that. I don't even want to discuss that. I'm 
46, soon to be 47 years old. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to think about those things. I'd like to think about myself as being immortal. But anyway, I digress. Um, so we're having this event. Uh, it is, uh, it's going to be the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on the road in conjunction with Paragon Tap and Table, uh, as well as the, the good folks from the New Jersey Craft Beer Club. And, you know, guys, I talk about this all the time about the New Jersey Craft Beer Club. If you have not joined the New Jersey Craft Beer Club you, and you drink beer and you live in the state of New Jersey and you like to eat good food and you like to save money, you're out of your mind if you don't join this club. And we'll get to the club in just a second. We'll also get to the beer dinner as well here on the final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. But the event is taking place Wednesday, April 5th uh, from 5 to 11 p.m., at Paragon Tap and Table, located in uh, Clark, New Jersey, right off the Garden State Parkway, exit 135, right in the Target Shopping Center. Uh, if you go into the Target Shopping Center, just go straight back and look to your left. You'll see Paragon Tap and Table. Uh, we're going to have a live broadcast there. We're going to do the whole show for the hour there. And it is, a, um, it is a New Jersey craft beer event. It is also brought to you by the New Jersey Craft Beer uh, Membership Club. It costs 25 bucks. You save money on, almost, on over 600 places in the state of New Jersey. Breweries, restaurants, liquor stores, uh, you know. In fact, if you go there the night of April 5th, uh, Mike from New Jersey Craft Beer Club will be there. You buy a membership for 25 bucks at Paragon Tap and Table. You will save 10% off of your check. You will save a dollar off of every pint that you buy. So it will start saving you money immediately, immediately. It is well worth it. And if you drink beer like I do, or I used to. Obviously, the last couple of months I have not been able to. But if you drink beer and you go out to eat like I do, you will make your money, your $25 membership back. You make it back in no time. There's discounts for tickets to events during the year. It is an awesome membership. And, of course, the Food of Paragon Tap and Table by Chef Eric Levine is outstanding. And we're going to get to the chef in just a second of this Devil's Backbone dinner uh, and Morris Tap and Grill that, uh, that I was at the other night, which was tremendous. But, anyway, the New Jersey Craft Beer event... It's a, a, a March Madness kind of Final Four competition. Four New Jersey beers will compete to be, and, and whoever is left standing, the, the one, beer, um, the one uh, craft beer maker that is left standing, will have their beer on tap for, I believe it is three months or four months. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's four months. I'll have to get, get back to you on that one. They will have their beer on tap for four months at Paragon Tap and Table. That is awesome. So not only are you going to save money if you come to the event, not only will you enjoy a great meal and great craft beer, but you're going to help a small business have their beer on tap for four months. So that ends up helping to make Paragon Tap and Table some money, a small business, and makes the brewer some money, a small business. And we are all about small business here, ladies and gentlemen. The final four right now, Almentry, Departed Souls, Chigmeister, and Asbury Park. Those are the four that are in the final four, and they will compete in April, April 5th, to be to who's ever left standing gets their beer on tap for uh, I believe it is four months at Paragon Tap and Table. That is pretty awesome, and we've spoken to the people from Elementary Departed Souls uh, as well. Hopefully, we get to talk to uh, uh, Chickmeister and Asbury Park as well uh, at the event, and uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. I hope you can come out again Wednesday, April fifth, five to eleven p.m. Paragon Tap and Table. We'll do the live broadcast probably around six o'clock uh, from Paragon Tap and Table uh, in conjunction with the New Jersey Craft Beer Club. Telling you, 25 bucks, you can't beat it, you save money all over the place in New Jersey. Just go to NewJerseyCraftBeer.com for more information. you got to spell the whole thing out, NewJerseyCraftBeer.com. 
uh, for more information on how to get a membership. And if you come that night on April 5th, Wednesday, April 5th, you can buy a membership right there. Mike's got his, his all of his equipment. He'll print you out a membership in two seconds, and you can start saving money immediately. It is awesome. Now, let's get to the Devil's Backbone Dinner at Morris Tap and Grill in collaboration with Chef Eric Levine. This was what a, what a dinner. I can't... I'm, First of all, I love Chef's food. He is fantastic. Not only five-time survivor of cancer, but this guy can cook his rear end off, okay? So uh, to quickly go through this here, um, Devil's Backbone is coming into New Jersey. They were bought out by InBev uh, about a year or so ago. And we're actually going to have the brewmaster on uh, next week's on next week's program uh, to talk about the beers uh, and, uh, and what they produce. So down in Virginia, uh, great uh, craft beer place. Uh, InBev buys them out. Now they're starting to make their move uh, into the Northeast, and they're coming into New Jersey, you know, wave after wave after wave. So they put together this five-course, five-beer pairing, and boy, I'll tell you, Chef Eric Levine cannot drink beer. He's got an allergy to hops, but boy, I'll tell you, did he was he so spot on on every food pairing up with beer? Tremendous. So let's get into it. The first course was uh, their Devil's Backbone signature beer, their Vienna Lager. He pairs this, uh, the chef, with a pulled mojo pork served on soft corn polenta. I mean, like butter. And the Vienna Lager, I have to tell you, which is their signature beer for Devil's Backbone. Uh, You've heard me talk about Blue Point Brewing. You've heard me talk about their toasted lager. Very similar in taste, except the Vienna Lager, a little more of an apple flavor to it. You can can really uh, taste the apple. Uh, in it, you really get it on when uh, on the nose, but you also taste it a little bit uh, as as you're drinking it. And as I put in my tasting notes, um, tasted like a Blue Point, nice and bready, uh, very easy drinking, apple flavor. The the pulled pork with polenta, uh, great dish. It, it complemented it very well. Moving on to course number two, this was a pan seared shrimp with pear, pear chips, asparagus, and a frisé salad. It was supposed to be. Um, I believe uh, Chef had said spinach and something else, but uh, the stuff that had come in that day wasn't that good. Uh, so he uh, changed it up a little bit, and it was pear- it also had a garlic vinaigrette uh, around the dish. Uh, the pear lager, uh, you know, I'm not a big fruit beer fan, but I have to say the pear lager with the shrimp, really, really nice. A very light, almost like a spritzer. Um, definitely something that I could see my wife drinking because she's not a big beer drinker. But this is something, and even I could drink this. A nice warm day. Uh, maybe you have a couple of these in the backyard. Uh, very low ABV, 4.9%. Low IBUs, four, only 14, so not, not bitter at all. And again, like I said, almost like a spritzer. Delicious, nice pear flavor. Perfect uh, with the shrimp um, and, the, uh, and, and the pear. As we move on, on to course number three of the Devil's Backbone Dinner uh, in conjunction with Morris Tap and Grill, uh, an eight-point IPA, their uh, signature IPA, with a roasted pork tenderloin with roasted apple and fennel compote, uh, excuse me, a fennel compote stack served on a garlic roasted potato plank. The to me of all the dishes, the pork tenderloin was the big winner. Um, really, really nice and soft. The pork tenderloin, uh, you know, a, you needed a butter knife to cut it. That's how that's how smooth it was and and uh, how tender it was. But the IPA, the bitterness of the IPA. Paired with the pepper that was in the uh, on the pork tenderloin, was perfect. You got that pepper, you got a little bit of heat, and then you drink the IPA, and the the bitterness cut the pepper perfectly. So uh, their their eight point IPA, Devil's Backbone IPA, uh, it's a six point two percent ABV, so it's not that strong. With a seventy IBU, excellent. I mean, just bitter enough where you get that nice taste, uh, that sharpness, and then it backs off. Great hops, very nice flavor, and as I said, uh, hoppy. 
uh, bright, a little bit of spice with it too, but the spice actually complemented the other, um, you know, the pepper in the uh, the uh, pork tenderloin perfectly, and uh, a, a great choice uh, with the pork. And I, like I said, brought out it definitely brought out the pepper uh, in the pork tenderloin. Uh, the fourth course was a grilled beef loin on mushroom risotto uh, with a mushroom dust. And that was paired with Devil's Backbone's Black Lager. Uh, this is a German-style uh, Schwartz beer. Very, very smooth. V- chocolate, coffee. Tastes like a stout, but much, much, much lighter. Not heavy at all. A 5.1% ABV, a 22 IBU. Uh, as I wrote in my notes here, a nice coffee and chocolate flavor. Smooth, stout-like, but not as heavy. Definitely something that you could drink. Uh, three or four of them, and not feel full, which is great. As we continue on here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, Devil's Backbone Brewing and Morris Tap and Grill, a beer dinner that I attended, a beer pairing and dinner that I attended a few days ago in collaboration with Chef Eric Levine. Finally, the uh, dessert. Uh, this was the one that I liked the least from Devil's Backbone, I have to say. This was, if I had to, uh, out of all of the, the uh, suds and duds, this definitely was a dud. So four... Four suds and one dud for me. Uh, the Catawampus, the Belgian-inspired IPA. Um, pineapple, pear, hops. I got the pear. Didn't really get the pineapple in it. Um, this was paired with a coconut lychee cake with a fresh pineapple sorbet, orange chips, and a vanilla caramel sauce. First of all, I have to say the pineapple sorbet, which uh, Chef Eric Levine makes daily. They, uh, homemade the, they homemade their uh, sorbets. Unbelievable. I could have eaten a gallon of that pineapple sorbet. That's how good it was. Uh, but the beer, I didn't really get um, the, the 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 pairing. It, it didn't. I, I, I it didn't go well for me. I really. This was the one that I liked the least. I said a, a nice dessert beer, but definitely the least favorite of the group. I just really um, just couldn't get into it. I, I don't know why. Seven and a half percent ABV, a fifty IBU. I, the strength of the beer, I don't think, had anything to do with um, what it did for me. Maybe it was the lychees. I don't know. Um, I just didn't, I, I, I didn't care for the pairing. Uh, I love the dessert. I'm not a big coconut cake fan, but it, it went well with the pineapple. You, you got the, the cold of the pineapple, the warm of the, the, the coconut cake, uh, but the beer, the Catawampus, uh, just didn't do it for me. But I have to say, as we wrap up here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, what a tremendous job out of all the folks, uh, from Devil's Backbone. They're, uh, one of their, uh, one of their brewers was there as well. Josh had a nice talk with him, a bunch of their sales guys. Um, we, uh, Josh and I discussed some different things about beers and, uh, sours and gozes and stuff like that. And, uh, I'll tell you, everybody there did a fantastic job. They gave us uh, a paddle with the, uh, glasses for the pairing, uh, that we were able to take home, which was very nice. Uh, but the dinner, Chef Eric Levine, what a tremendous job, my friend. Great job pairing up all the foods uh, with the beers. Uh, it was just a wonderful, uh, wonderful event. And I have to tell you, if you get the opportunity to go to a beer dinner, whatever beer it is, uh, beer, food, I'll tell you. You pair wine with food, you can also pair beer with food. And let me tell you something, when it's done right, boy, is it delicious. Folks, we're out of time. Can you believe it? Amazing how fast this hour goes. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Chris Frenari from Brewbound, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I'll be back on Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.